0: You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits.
1: Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, then you are in the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing focused podcast, and it's very, very cool to have you out there tuning in. In today's episode, I'm talking to one of my marketing heroes about where you should be putting your content online. So we've talked a lot in this series about content on your own website, about your own blog. Um, what we're talking about in this episode is about working out where else you could put your content, how you can leverage other people's platforms, and that is a is a whole skill set and art in itself, and something which is quite different to a lot of what we do with our e-commerce marketing and. Rand is going to take you through some really clear ways to make it work. We're also going to be talking about the tool he's currently um, been building for the last couple of years, which is excellent, which is called Spark Toro, and um, which will really help you start this journey or improve this journey if you're already on it. Now, we're just about to meet today's guest, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with content marketing expert, Rand Fishkin. Back in 2003, Rand co-founded what has become one of the pillars of SEO knowledge sharing and an awesome software toolset. Yes, I am talking about Moz. Now he's busy with a new software tool, Spark Toro, which is a market research and audience intelligence tool. Now, what that means is that it shows you what publications and people influence your target audience, which means the publications and blogs that you should be including in your offsite marketing activity. Hello, Rand.
0: Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me.
1: It's great to have you here. How did before before we get into kind of offsite content marketing? How did you end up in the world of SEO and content all those years ago?
0: Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, so I dropped out of college in two thousand one and started working with my mom, Jillian, who was running a, a marketing agency, old school marketing agency, and. Uh, her clients started needing websites, right? This was the, the, the dawn of the digital era, and I like designing and building websites, so that's what I did. Uh, we had a very unsuccessful run for a few years following the, the dot-com crash, and then um, eventually wound up in a situation where we couldn't pay our subcontractors, which included some SEO people. And uh, so I had to do the work myself, And that meant uh, learning the practice, which I found very frustrating and um, became uh, increasingly incensed at Google and the other search engines, opacity and um, misinformation around how their how optimization really worked and and how to do it. So I started this blog that was um, supposed to help people learn SEO just as I was learning it called SEO Moz. That later became Moz. It uh, turned from a consulting business into a software business. Uh, I was the CEO for many years. And um, yeah, I grew it to around 40 I think maybe it's around $50 million a year in, in revenue these days with you know tens of thousands of customers, a uh, venture-backed business. And uh, I left that company a couple of years ago, almost three years ago now, uh, to start SparkToro. Which, which is obviously, yeah, as you mentioned in the in the market research, audience intelligence space, and um, yeah, have really, I have, I have loved building a company more independently and uh, getting to talk about things outside of the SEO world for the first time in almost two decades.
1: So yeah, Rand. One thing I wanted to ask you is how you know from being um, uh, running Moz, which is a was a business which covered whilst it was just SEO it was it had a really wide remit in many ways there's a lot going on in the world of SEO what then led you to to almost kind of zoom in on one specific area with SparkToro? or do you think Spoktora is like a widening of interest rather than a smallering of interest
0: Yeah, I think, um, let's see, in many ways, SparkToro is uh, broader than just SEO. But the the interesting thing, Chloe, about about SEO, of course, is that it's just so big and dominant as a traffic driver, and there are so many facets to it. I think that was a a very big area as well. Um, So I, I wouldn't say SparkToro is necessarily larger. What I like about it is that it is a little bit more on the creative and human side. It's a little bit more on the um, personal communication and outreach and um, psychology end of things. I, I enjoy that after spending many years you know, in sort of the, the technical weeds of how does this algorithm work and how do you modify things to, to fit its needs.
1: I can imagine that. <laughs> it's. Um, I, I was thinking about it and looking at where if I'd specialised in the whole of SEO for a while, what would be the most different bit to then go on and specialise in? And I think it is that, it's that out- outreach bit. And that's a bit which I find a lot of businesses really struggle with, is they know they should do this kind of amorphous thing called link building. But they have no idea where to start especially when it you know when you have to invest so much time and effort building those those relationships so i can i can see see there's a big problem that you're solving with the uh, with the software but what i really want to do is i want to kind of take a step back from that and start off by asking the question of what is the importance which we may have already answered a little bit here but what is the importance of doing content marketing that doesn't sit on our own website why should we be investing time and money in doing that
0: yeah, I, look, I don't think that um, what's generally called digital PR, right, sort of you know, finding the outlets, the publications and people and sources of influence that reach your audience, and then you know, reaching out to them and building some type of relationship, doing marketing of all kinds, could be paid advertising, could be uh, you know, submitting a content piece, could be getting them to share something of yours on, on a social channel. Uh, I think that that is not a requirement. Not not everyone needs to do it. Just like SEO, not everyone needs to do it. It's not right for everyone, uh, but it is a potentially very powerful channel because it influences so many things. Right, um, I, I think that brand marketing is one of the most underrated elements of digital by almost everyone in. Uh, what I'd call sort of the 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 tech and SEO world of marketing, and yet it's an incredibly powerful amplifier and multiplier of your efforts. And and brand marketing is best done through places that people already know, like and trust. So building your own community, building your own media property—that's potentially plausible, certainly, but. Uh, being able to do that on someone else's website that's already captured that audience that they already know like and trust—that's a really powerful thing, you know. I, um, I I'm dog fooding here, right? I, I myself do a lot of podcasts and webinars and and video interviews and contributions to sites of all kinds, and and uh, you know, back when before. Covid, I did tons of travel and events and conferences, uh, which are which are also forms of of, of digital PR uh, or or offline PR, and uh, those helped build a very well known brand for Spark Toro among a certain you know portion of the audience that we want to reach, right? And and we're relatively new; we have a lot of work to do, but. Uh, Being able to reach those people through channels they already pay attention to is so much easier than trying to become that channel
1: ourselves. And it's interesting you say about um, building the brand in front of a specific audience. And I'm sure that that uh, that you like me get some slightly random and wacky requests to speak at things and be on things. So I'm, I'm imagining because literally just before we got on this, I was looking at an email where someone wants me to speak to a pharmaceutical conference in Barcelona. And it's like, well, even if they're willing to pay me double my normal fee, I'm not sure it's worth the time and effort of going there because I'm not really interested in the pharmaceutical industry as, as an audience, you know? Which I think brings us into into you know you can spend a lot of time and effort doing and creating content and leveraging other people's platforms but if they're not the right platforms it's a waste of effort and quite often money as well yeah
0: i think that there's a lot of biases of all kinds that nudge people to make poor decisions about where to invest their time and energy and effort and dollars uh, or pounds and that stems from a misunderstanding and a lack of data about where an audience can be reached. So I, this is one of the core problems we wanted to solve with SparkToro, right? Because we, we saw it so many times. I saw it so many times in so many businesses that I helped or advised or, or mentored or invested in. Uh, that they struggled mightily to find, hey, you know, we we're making easy presentation software that's sort of a substitute for PowerPoint. Where do we find professional coaches and, and real estate investors who give presentations and teachers who uh, are looking for software like this and what, what publications they read, what conferences and events they go to, what YouTube channels they subscribe to, right? So we can go do targeted investments in all those places that aren't just throwing money at Google and Facebook. I think one of the big frustrating things of Google and Facebook becoming monopolies in their respective spaces is that they have been able to over the past decade pull a ton of data out of their platforms and hide a lot of that information from us. I don't know if you remember the old Google Ad Planner tool, but it was it was pretty spectacular, right? You could you could plug in your site, see all the other websites that people visited like yours and get all these all this topic data, get all this interest data. Now it's it is, you know, barely usable. They're basically throw money at us, tell us your website, we'll figure it out. We won't, we don't want to tell you anything. Just give us money. What are you going to do? Say no. Where else are you going to go? Right. That's, that's sort of their uh, prisoner's dilemma for all of us. And, um, and Facebook is the same way. So I, I think that we, you know, SparkToro exists to try and help give some of that data back to people and also to nudge folks to think more critically about where they might be able to reach their audiences.
1: Yeah, and no, because I think it's easy to just think, oh, I'll just go and Google my area of expertise or, or the area of the products I sell and then then look at the first 10 people who rank. But certainly in the e-commerce space, when we're looking at, you know, trying to promote our products, the first 10 are probably other e-commerce businesses yeah. who are probably doing a shocking job of their own content marketing, let alone helping us with ours. Then, you know, the next 10 are going to be the biggest news news agencies in the world who probably aren't the right place to start either. And it's really, really tough just to go to Google and look for it these days. So I think, you know, we have to be using some other tool because you know as, as you you said earlier this is about relationship building with people to to get them to agree to come and do things with you and there's an awful lot of time and effort can be that can, can be spent either building relationships with the wrong people when you could be building them with the right people
0: yeah yeah so i have this uh, analogy that i like to make i call i call it i wrote a blog post about this called called the wall street journal problem i'm sure in the uk maybe you know maybe it's i don't know the guardian problem or whatever it is but the um, the Wall Street Journal problem, which is, you know, marketers, we walk into boardroom, meeting room, you know, CMOs there, CEOs there. We're Like, okay, we, you know, we want to go invest in whatever, an ad campaign, a press campaign, an outreach campaign, a, a, a content uh, distribution campaign. And we think that, you know, these publications are right for us. Uh, they'll help us reach our audience. And the, uh, you know, the CEO goes, I want you to get me in the Wall Street Journal. I golf with our customers every weekend, and they read the Wall Street Journal just like I do. So you get us in the Wall Street Journal. That's that's what'll make a difference, uh, you know. And the marketers are kind of like, "Oh no, not again! This is awful." <laughs> but but you know what's what's happening is there's there's confirmation bias and there's exposure bias happening. There's also probably some prestige seeking that's happening from the the, the executives. But it's, it's very tough for marketers to say. Well I have data that shows that The Wall Street Journal is not read by our customers that that's a really difficult thing to do unless you have an extremely large uh, survey and very very accurate survey takers yes which don't exist <laughs> you know no bad news accurate survey takers don't exist at least on questions like what do you read watch listen to pay attention to you know what you really want to do is you want to be able to, Get all of your customers' home addresses, break into their houses, steal their phones, get their unlock codes, browse through, and see what they actually consume. But of course, this is illegal and totally unethical. And so, instead, right the way the way that we do it with SparkToro is basically to take a sample of that all, all the people whose data is public. If you have a public social profile, right—a Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, Medium, Quora, Instagram, whatever. Right? We go and crawl those just like Google does, and we aggregate that data together and then go, oh, okay, well, people who describe themselves as um, you know, whatever it is, a professional coach or yoga instructor or a real estate agent or people who frequently talk about the paleo diet – or uh, people who uh, follow the Dungeons and Dragons Twitter account, you know, like what, what do they also listen to, read, watch, follow, pay attention to, engage with, share, talk about? And then that data, you know, you can bring in and say, "Well, boss, I, I'm with you. We can we can work on a Wall Street Journal. I just want you to know, 1.5 percent of the audience you told us to target engages with the Wall Street Journal." and 17% engages with this niche publication are you sure you don't want us to put 20 times as much effort into that you know, then you can find out well,
1: yeah, and and also the chances are that niche publication a higher percentage of their audience are interested in you whereas the wall street journal you're it's a teeny tiny part you know so if we were talking about buying ads which i know we're not really talking about ads here but you know you could probably buy 12 months back page, if we're talking old world of the niche, for what you could get maybe a two inch by two inch in the Wall Street Journal one episode midweek, uh, maybe. <laughs> so it's, yeah, but it, but it's really hard when the boss is saying that because it probably, it probably comes down to ego. But let's let's kind of dive into why or, or how to go about working it out. So how do we work out where we want to get other publications, allowing us to put our content on or getting them to write about us? What's our our step one? And and let's just do it as we do it on SparkToro for the sake of simplicity.
0: Oh, sure. So, you know, once you've run a SparkToro search, you get a a list of results, right? And it'll say, it's always ordered by percent of audience, right? So 17% of whatever it is, professional coaches in the United States uh, engage with, or read, or watch, or follow—you know—this social account and these websites, and you know that seventeen percent, fifteen percent, twelve percent, eleven percent—that you know goes goes right down there. Now, what you can uh, reasonably do, then, at least in Sparktoro or or any other tool, you know, there's lots of. Um, PR database tools that work in similar fashions. They don't have the percent number, which I think is really valuable, but they will tell you, you know, oh, here's whatever the guardians section that covers technology startups. And so if you have a tech startup, right, here's here's who you can pitch or whatever uh, and get an email address. And SparkTora has the same kind of thing, right? You, you click uh, a little checkbox next to the items that you're interested in. You can add them to a list. Once you add them to a, a list in your account, you can get uh, email and contact information for those folks. My advice is not to send an email saying, can I write a guest post for you? I, I don't think, I think that works in 0.001% <laughs> of situations. Um, instead, I would I would do three things, right? If you know that a high percent of your audience is paying attention to a publication. High percent could be 4 or 5% to be totally honest. Like that's still a significant portion, especially if you have a sizable market and you see 4% are paying attention, you know, are visiting a particular website. That's that's amazing, right? That's a big audience for you. I would look for a shared common connection between you and the person you want to reach out to. Right? So if Okay, Chloe Thomas runs e-commerce master plan. And we, you know, I've got this new product. I'd love to get featured on her show. I want to be a podcast guest on there. Who do I know that knows Chloe? Oh, Rand Fishkin was on there. I know Rand. We used to blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna email Rand. I'm gonna ask him for an introduction to Chloe. That introduction, the, the warm intro, is one of the best ways to ensure that you will get at least a very productive conversation. You might still get a no to whatever you want to try and do, but you'll almost certainly get a no, but maybe we could do this or maybe we could do that. There you go, right? So I would urge that warm intro. The other piece of advice, if you have no way to get a warm intro, right? Your network just doesn't exist, whatever. Go follow that person, that publication, on their social channels, whatever. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. Go follow them on there. Have several interactions over the course of a few days on an unrelated topic that is authentic, right? So, I don't know. You see that I'm tweeting about, what was I tweeting about the other day? Uh, pasta. And you, we have a little fun exchange about it. Da, 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 da. And then, uh, oh, I was on a podcast yesterday and I tweeted about that. And you're like, oh, I watched this. I thought, uh, thought it was really good. I, I'm not sure about this part. And then you send me a cold email and you say, hey, Rand, it was fun chatting on Twitter the last couple of days. And related to this thing that you shared, I was wondering if now there's your open, right? And since I have had an interaction with you on social already and we sort of chatted and we know who each other are, your chances of getting whatever it is, right? Whether it's, hey, I want to sponsor something. I want to do some bit of co-marketing together. I want to contribute some article. Do you, you know, I have some research I want to share. Maybe you'd be interested in writing about it. Maybe you want to tweet this piece for me, whatever it is. The chances are much, much better that you will get a response and a positive response if, if you do it one one of those two ways.
1: Yeah, and as someone who gets an awful lot of people wanting stuff, and cold emailing with various atrocious emails i have to say either of those two i will actually definitely read your request at the very least it won't be oh podcast request send automated response i'll actually read it which uh, which trust me is worth putting some effort into um <laughs> so that's that's great advice then um I I spent quite a large portion of this afternoon playing around on Spark Toro. I think I'll be using it on a very regular basis as of now. One of the things which I which I thought was particularly good and particularly interesting is that you split out websites, podcasts, and YouTube. Because I think often when we, as you mentioned, guest guest posting, often when we think about getting involved with other people for this, we think either about PR and trying to get them to write something, or we we think about writing something for them, and it's always very much the written aspect. So have you split those out on SparkToro because you're seeing people getting great attraction with the video and the audio, or is it that you should try all three?
0: I, I mean, absolutely you should try all three, but, but also... I think the more creative your request, the more successful it's it's going to be, right? So if it is, hey, Chloe, I think I want to be a guest on your podcast. Mm, uh, could, could work, but what if you have the VP of marketing for exciting e-commerce company who's using your tool or product and you're like, hey, Chloe, would you be interested in having so-and-so from Nike on your show?
1: Yes, I would. Yes, you would. <laughs> Yes, an
0: introduction would. and then tell you you know and then I oh, hey, friend from Nike like maybe you mention us on the show
1: yeah
0: but you know casual right oh, maybe and maybe not right and maybe you'll have a conversation and the person who introduced you they'll come up and they'll and you'll uh, think oh maybe I should have that person who introduced us on they seem really interesting as well and yet yeah, great opportunity, right? So my my suggestion uh, for a lot of folks is to think more broadly than just one type of pitch, right? Relationship building means helping people first, right? without thought of return. And then if returns come, great. For me, um, a ton of my you know successful, whatever you want to call it pitching or outreach comes because I almost never ask for that thing directly. But I am every day. I'm helping people, right? Just like all day, every day, whether, you know, whether it's on social channels or through email or whatever. You know, this podcast ends, and you're like, "Oh, hey, do you know somebody who does X?" And then we introduce and three degrees and six months from now, something else comes back that really helps Mark Toro? But engaging in those kinds of activities on a regular basis means that you get this constant flywheel turning of opportunity that. Uh, falls out of help you provided. And I think that's a, a really great way to go. And so my my suggestion would be on this front to not let the medium limit your creativity, but to open yourself up to all kinds of possible ways that you could help a person or an outlet and start building a relationship and then have that relationship bear fruit sometime in the future.
1: I love that. Don't limit yourself. But what I also like there, Ram, is you would were- Touching on that this becomes a flywheel and you've got to be doing it. This isn't something which you can go, right, January, we shall do some outbound content marketing and it will be great. In the same way as you could go, January, we're gonna run some Facebook ads, do all our optimization, run them for the rest of the year. This is something you have to kind of like commit to the mindset, commit to the work and do it with certainly week in, week out, if not day in, day out.
0: I believe it's still possible to run a campaign, right? You can absolutely say, hey, we're going to run a digital PR campaign for the next next six months. And we know that you know the first couple of months of that is going to be a sort of R&D process to figure out where, who the outlets are and what kind of pitches we want to send and what do we think is interesting. And then we're going to go you know have the conversations and figure out what works and doesn't. And then we're going to pitch the next tranche of folks and yada, yada. So you, you can make those kinds of investments. I think the problem comes when, you know, whatever it is, it's two months in, you've got your your target list, you've started contacting folks, and your executives say, okay, where's our ROI? Like we've put 12 grand into this. Where's the return? Let's go. (laughs) No, my friends, this is this is not how it works, right? When you're investing in things like content marketing and SEO and digital PR. You should anticipate, you must anticipate, or you'll be doomed to fail, you must anticipate that you will put in months of effort before you see any return at all, and that the majority of the ROI will be invisible to you over an 18 to 24-month period and maybe longer. Because what happens is you know, let's say you get a dozen podcast appearances, right? Maybe podcast marketing is like the big the big thing that you do. Great. So you you're on a dozen podcasts over the course of uh three months, right? And what happens? Is it is it that all those people who hear you on the podcast immediately go to your website and buy your product? No, that's no one works that way. That's not how marketing has ever worked. That's madness. The only channel that works like that, and I think unfortunately it's biased people to think that all digital marketing works like this, the only channel that works like that is paid Google ads, right? Where someone searches for, okay, I want an amber heart-shaped necklace and I need to buy it right now, right? Give me that Google. Okay, here's an ad, click, buy, right? That that's the only channel because the person has expressed the intent, but digital PR is designed to essentially brand people with this um, in the back of their head. They know your name, they are familiar with your company, they have a positive um, impression of who you are and what you do and, and that you know it, it's preferable to use you versus somebody else, uh, to buy from you versus somebody else. And so every ad that you run, every time you appear in search results, every time you're in their Facebook feed, every time you're on in their Instagram feed, every time uh, they think about the the problem that they want to solve, they think of you. And they might not think of that problem or have that problem this month or next month or the month after, but at some point, some percentage of those people who heard about you will come check it out. Like no, nobody's... Nobody's racing, uh, maybe a few people are, but you know, nobody's racing from this podcast to go to SparkToro and run a bunch of searches. But sometime in the future, some of them will think, oh yeah, I, I should go figure out what my audience pays attention to. Hey, what was that thing that was on Chloe's podcast? Let me search for keep optimizing, go to her podcast list. Oh yeah, I ran fishes, SparkToro. Okay, let me ch- type that in. And I'll never, I will never know how those people reached me, right? I'll never be able to attribute that traffic. And that's why it's so effective, because if it were perfectly attributable, all your competitors would be investing in it and the space would be flooded and you would never have a chance to compete and there would be no ROI. It is because it's so serendipitous and hard to measure. It's because so many people say, well, if I can't measure it, my CEO is never going to invest in it. Awesome. That means your (laughs) competitors will, right? That means your competitors have a chance. that's, That's why this stuff works so well.
1: Yeah, the difficult things are often the best ones to be doing. Well, um, right, Rand, we're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of content marketing. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact lists, send memorable emails, automate key messages, and more. Way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster, and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's k-l-a-v-i-y-o.com/masterplan. Okay, Rand. So far, we've gone deep into putting your content on other people's platforms. Um, Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of content marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with content marketing, which does of course include putting your content on other people's websites. Right, Rand, are you ready for these? Let's do it. Okay. Let's start with content marketing and newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with content marketing, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
0: Unfortunately, Chloe, that list is incredibly long. And I don't think think there's any way uh, that I could possibly detail it all here. However, I will say um, my old company Moz has a great uh, beginner's guide to content marketing and SEO that might be worth investing in. Uh, it is free. When I say worth investing in, it's it's hours of reading and comprehending. Uh, so that might be worth checking out. I also have been very impressed by what the Content Marketing Institute folks have put out. Uh, you you can find a number of great resources there. Um, I have a, uh, a couple of presentations on content marketing that someone could check out. I believe they are hosted on uh, my old share. So if you go to... Uh, Yes, if you go to slideshare.net slash ranfish, you will find uh, several presentations on on content marketing that might be valuable and of interest.
1: That is a top answer. And guys, we will link to all of that from the show notes to make it super easy to find. Um, Okay, then. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve content marketing performance?
0: Gosh, I think the best way to improve it is to diagnose where you are experiencing a challenge. So content marketing, in my view, always should work like a flywheel, right? You make, you make some kind of investment, right? You uh, research what your audience wants, right? What you need to talk about. You publish some content around that on your own site or someone else's. You amplify that content, then you grow the subscriber base, right? The people who pay attention to you and follow you on social channels, the people who sign up for the email updates on the on the blog or the website itself, right? And then you hopefully earn ranking signals that help your content reach more people through SEO and through Google as well. And then and and then this flywheel continues, right? You do it again, you do it again. The first few times you're not very good at it, but then you start getting better and starts working better. And because more people are subscribing, they're amplifying it more when you do publish it and then it reaches more people, right? This this thing keeps spinning. Where you find the best improvements is when you identify a point of friction in that flywheel and then try and then work to solve it. So, for example, let's say that you are having a lot of problems earning amplification of your content on social. Like people are just not paying attention. You have very few followers. You know, when you post about it your your content just doesn't do that well. It's it's a real struggle. So instead, try and figure out, all right, who are the people who are influential on these social channels in my field to an audience that would care about this stuff. Let me start relationship building with them. Let me run by run my content by a few of them like, "Hey, I'm reaching out like I don't, I don't need you to share this. Can you just tell me, is this, is this worth amplifying? Like, am I missing something here? Why, why do you think maybe we're struggling? Whatever it is, right? I could bring in an agency or, or an expert to help you with it. But fundamentally, you've identified the problem. Like, where in the flywheel am I stuck? And now you're working to solve that. That's where you get the best improvement when you invest.
1: I really like that. Never thought of it that way. I'm now analysing my own marketing uh, flywheel to try and work out where I should be focusing next, but that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. What (laughs) I'm supposed to be doing right now is asking you the next question round, which is, um, it's impossible to improve our marketing unless we're monitoring the performance, but the list of stuff we could monitor can be overwhelming. So what for you is the number one content marketing KPI?
0: Uh, it depends a little bit where I'm working and what I'm working on. In general, the thing that I am personally most interested in for my content is number of uh, subscribers. And and for me, that's email subscribers. So that's like my number one metric for how's my content marketing going is am I getting more email subscribers to my, in, in the case of, of SparkToro, it's a blog, but it could be you know, a news publication. Or it could be, you know, the Washington Post sends me up their their big digest update every day, um, and those uh, th- th- that KPI is so effective because email subscribers to my content are the most likely folks to turn into subscribers and customers of our product. But for another business, that might it might be a different story, right? It could be that for you, raw traffic. It could be that for you, it's not raw traffic. It's number of people who made it from the content to any product page, right? And that, that that's our KPI, right? We know if they visit a product page, now we can retarget them and do remarketing to them. And that's our big like conversion channel. So that's what we're trying to, you know, that's, that's what our funnel looks like. But your funnel may look different, right? So you have to design an effective funnel that is, and, and figure out where content fits in it And then see where people are going through that funnel and which is the point you can measure uh, the activity at that correlates best to conversions and more
1: business. Nice. Again, I'm now thinking about all kinds of other things, but I'm going to keep focusing on getting this podcast done, everyone. Don't worry. Uh, Okay. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in content marketing?
0: I think the pandemic will radically change consumer behavior over this holiday season. I think you know, obviously, we've seen a massive lift in e-commerce in general. I think we'll continue to see that. I believe we will see at least here in the United States, and that will probably be true for for most of the of Western Europe, maybe to a lesser degree, and, and the UK as well. Which is, uh, we will see a lot of um, remote holiday types of separation uh, um, celebration and. A lot of remote gift giving, right? So people sending things to people over the web, which is which is great. That's a very safe way to do things. I hope people do that. I mean, the COVID rates right now are um, mind-numbingly awful and and so so scary. Uh, and I would. Um, I would caution people against thinking that you can invest in content marketing on your own site right now if you haven't before and build up a very effective practice before you know the holiday season. It, it's too soon, right? That, that's not going to work for you. You might be able to do start making those investments today and have success in Q1 and Q2 of of 2021, but don't be prepared for that. What you can do right now is. Digital PR, right? That what you called the offsite content. Um, finding the publications where people are searching for solutions to their problem, or where they're, you know, reading about things. There is a lot of content consumption happening right now uh, in the United States. There's a ton of people. When I say a ton, I mean a hundred million plus people whose addiction to news is going to quickly transfer to something else right they they're, they're going to they're in the habit of every day i spend 3 hours refreshing you know 538.com seeing who's going to win the election to okay what do i hit refresh on and read now and you have an opportunity there right but but those are going to be channels that they're already paying attention to. And so what I would encourage you to do is consider where can I go reach my audience? What are they paying attention to over the next 60-ish days and go get in those places?
1: Nice. I like it. Okay. Well, look Rand, We are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please?
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for folks who want to give SparkToro a spin, it's it's free to try, uh, as Chloe pointed out. So that's SparkToro.com. Uh, we have a forever free account, so you could just sign up for free. You never need to pay uh, and keep using it. The best places to follow me, it depends what you want. If you are looking for exclusively professional content uh, and, and much less regularly, you can follow me on LinkedIn where I'm Rand Fishkin. Uh, if you are looking for a more full featured life of Rand, which includes lots of pasta recipes, some politics, some economics, uh, I, I tweet about that stuff at um, twitter.com slash Randfish uh, and lots of marketing stuff as well. And then my uh, the the blog where I publish content is sparktor.com slash blog.
1: Excellent. Well, look, uh, Rand, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast today. Um, you've shared so many good insights and ways of looking at this amorphous side of marketing that I think has made it a lot clearer for all of us, certainly for me, if no one else. Um, so thank you very much for being on the show.
0: Yeah, my pleasure, Chloe. Thank you. Take care.
1: Well, lots of really cool insight there. Particularly, I got a bit, got got completely um, brain sidetracked with the insider uh, tips there and some of those ways of thinking about you know where to focus being that friction point on the flywheel. And then also around um, what that KPI looks like. And yeah, that just as you can tell, brain's still whirring. Maybe maybe I should have paused, maybe I should have left recording this bit till tomorrow. But anyway, um, lots of of good insight there from Rand. And I think for me, the key things around that digital PR or that doing content marketing that doesn't exist on your site are to, to think widely about the sorts of things you could do to help the people you're reaching out to. Is it about being a guest on their show? Is it about writing content for them? Is it about giving them products that so they write about you? What is it that you can do that would be really helpful for them? Um, I love that idea of connecting warmly, you know, so interacting on Twitter, start on, on social media, starting the conversation on social media so as they recognize you when you're when you land in their inbox or getting that intro and then i think the um the third part which which really resonated with with me was about trying to to make sure that you are you're looking to both connect with the right businesses but also that you're committing to this long term so that long term maybe it's a 6 month campaign maybe this is something you do day in day out but the roi comes in over time as it all builds and builds and builds and builds so I hope you found that as interesting as I have. Um, you can find the links to this, all those bits we discussed, all these great resources Rand mentioned, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. Remember, that's with an S, not a Z. Um, and you know, if you want to find out a bit more about Rand and, and his journey, then there's his book, Lost and Founder, a painfully honest field guide to the startup world, which is available on uh, Amazon as ebook and uh, paperback. So thank you for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. This month we have no webinar because the Christmas and New Year diary issues have just... um taken taken their toll this month. So it's a webinar free month, which means you've got some time to catch up on any of our past episodes that you've missed. So a couple I would uh, I would recommend based on what we've been talking about in today's episode are the PR episode, which comes out next week with Mark Hook, because that's really going to build on how you go about outreach and why you might want to do it. We talk, talk a lot about the strategy of PR. Strangely enough, this is the PR episode. And uh, why not go back and have a listen to our whole month on SEO? So, you've got four episodes about SEO, um, numbers six to nine. And I think, think, you know, there is, as we were talking about, there's a big overlap between outreach for content purposes and outreach for SEO purposes. So, going back and having a listen to those will certainly help you on your outreach journey. Well, look, please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing.
0: Access everything, keep optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an s, not
1: a z.